This is Shi'ar Jashub, coming to you from Shi'ar Jashub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut, and featuring the teaching ministry of Pastor Greg Scalzo. Hi, I'm Patty Scalzo, and today we will be continuing the Heavenly Authority series and a sermon which my husband preached from 1 Samuel chapter 15. When we left off, Samuel was prophesying in verse 23 against King Saul's disobedience in the matter of King Agag and the Amalekite spoils. Here now is Pastor Greg. God's Word is holy and pure. And if we don't have the Word of God as a foundation, as an anchor, as a compass, we're not really checked. We can go off on any tangent, anything of our emotions, our minds, our stubbornness. We can justify as Saul is justifying here. It's so important to be founded on the Word and there's a woe to those who reject the Word of God. He says, because you have rejected the Word of the Lord, He also has rejected you for being king. And sometimes a person doesn't outright reject. Saul was given a commandment, he didn't listen. He didn't follow what was prescribed in Leviticus and what God had uttered through the Spirit to him. But if we don't read this Bible, if we don't hear the words of Jesus and put them into practice as he taught us, in essence, we're rejecting them. We can have a Bible and bring it all day long, carry it around, and be rejecting the Word of God. This is what truly double-checks us, stops us from going to the left or the right, focuses us on the face of our Lord, the author and perfecter of our faith, puts us on a straight and narrow path, gets out the rough ways, smooths out the path, takes out the corruption in our hearts, because we're sinful beyond what we understand. And only by His grace do we have forgiveness. And part of His grace and mercy is to give us His way in this Bible. And if we reject it either outwardly as the heathen or in a hidden way, as many Christians sometimes will do, by just ignoring it, there's nothing to double-check us and woe to us. We become like Saul, who starts an anointed man of God with great power upon him, and he's going to end up a tragic, one of the most tragic figures, maybe after Judas Iscariot, the most tragic figure, in the scriptures, from so much potential to such a horrible end for him and for his, his family. To obey is better than sacrifice. Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Stubbornness as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected you from being king. Then Saul said to Samuel, I have sinned for the first time and all the confrontations we read about between Samuel and Saul, explaining what Saul's done wrong, this is the first time we've heard words that sound like repentance coming out of the mouth of King Saul. Obviously, the Spirit of God is there with this powerful prophecy that comes from Samuel, which really every believer should memorize. 1 Samuel chapter 15, verses 22 to 23 
are scriptures that really should be memorized by believers. And Saul is brought to the point to say to Samuel, I have sinned, for I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and your words, because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. He was afraid of men more than he was afraid of God. That's a pitfall of those in authority. A danger, a flag, a warning not to fear men, but to fear God. At this point, Saul sounds like David later on. It almost looks like, though Saul might have a rough time, that maybe if we stay at verse 24, there's hope here. But we read on. Now therefore, please pardon my sin, and return with me that I may worship the Lord. He's asking Samuel to stay. I want to worship the Lord. But Samuel said to Saul, I will not return with you, for you have rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord has rejected you from being king over Israel. And Samuel turned around to go, and Saul seized the edge of the robe, and it tore. So Samuel said to him, The Lord has torn the kingdom of Israel from you today, and has given it to a neighbor of yours who is better than you. Why is God not, why is Samuel not accepting this sign of repentance? Now, you know, sometimes when someone has dealt deceitfully with God, God is different than us. When he deals back, he's not automatically so gentle. Sometimes he wants the person to come to a point of really, really repenting. And he doesn't just say, okay, it's forgiven, forget about it. Now, maybe it's his heart to say that. But he knows human beings. You know how Jesus sometimes would walk on as they're calling after him, and he would keep walking. And then when they really kept pleading, he would turn back. And they show their faith by the fact that they didn't give up when he kept walking. When the woman at Tyre is pleading for a daughter, and he talks about giving to the dogs what's meant for the children, she doesn't give up. She's not insulted. She says, yes, even the dogs get the scraps from the table. And he admires that faith. Sometimes the Lord requires a person to keep repenting, keep pleading. Because you can't just say to somebody, oh, okay, you said you're sorry, everything's okay now. He knows human nature. He needs us to bring ourselves to a point that we really, really mean it. So Samuel's walking away, and Saul reaches out and tears the robe. And Samuel says to him, a better than you is replacing you. And at that point, Saul could say, I deserve to be replaced and keep repenting. And had he kept repenting, I believe God would have heard him. But look at the motivation that Saul really has. And God knows that motivation ahead of time. Samuel said to Saul, verse 29, And also the strength of Israel will not lie nor relent, for he is not a man that he should relent. Then he said, I have sinned, yet honor me now. Please, before the elders of my people and before Israel, and return with me that I may worship the Lord your God. So Samuel turned back after Saul, and Saul worshiped the Lord. He's telling Saul, the kingdom's going to be taken away from you. You've gone too far this time. God is not going to relent. And Saul says, I have sinned. 
yet honor me now. Please, before the elders of my people and before Israel, and return with me that I may worship the Lord your God. The most important thing to Saul is that Samuel come with him as the icon of, in the people's eyes, of God's mysterious power. Come back with me. This way the elders know I'm okay. I know. I know I've sinned. I know God's rejected me as king, but look, honor me now. Come with me, Samuel. I can worship God, and everything's going to be okay. The elders will see it that way. So when Saul is repenting, is he repenting because he really understands he sinned? Or is he repenting because he's afraid that now he's going to lose his position because the elders are going to see Samuel walk away from him and know, hey, he's not anointed anymore, and he's going to lose his power. When a thief gets caught and he says he's sorry, does he say he's sorry because he really understands what he's done is wrong and it's true repentance? Or does he say he's sorry because he doesn't want the consequences of his actions and what is he going to say, I'm glad I did it and get punished? What is repentance? God knows true repentance from phony repentance. And that's why there's such a strong decree here that the strength of Israel will not lie nor relent, for he is not a man that he should relent. He's not like human beings that they, they give up and say, oh, okay, forget about it. He will not laugh away sin. He will forgive in true repentance, but God is not someone to toy with. Many times we confuse God with maybe if we've had a loving parent that was too that spoiled us, and if you did something wrong, all you had to say was, well, I'm sorry, and they said, well, that's okay, don't worry about it, because they always wanted to think the best of us. You can't play that game with God. Yes, he wants the best for us, but he knows the truth, and he's not going to trump truth with a phony show of repentance. God is not a man to, to lie. He's not someone that will relent and give in when there's wrong. Saul is not truly repentant. He's saying the words, I have sinned, but okay, I know he's, I've sinned, but come with me, that the elder honor me. Why should he want honor? He should want sackcloth and ashes. He should want to go before the elders and say, look what I've done. I deserve God has rejected me. I deserve to be rejected as king. And then maybe he would have gotten a surprise. Maybe another prophecy would have come from Samuel. He wants to be honored among the elders. And actually, he will remain as king in Israel as far as a manifestation until he dies. And when he dies, David will be manifested as king. But David, right after this, is anointed in the heavenlies, Samuel goes and under God's commandment will anoint David as king. He's the one that God sees as king, but Saul will enact out the kingship until his death. And that's what he's concerned about, that the elders see it and that everything's okay. That is not repentance. Sounds like repentance, but God knows if you mean it. God knows if I mean it when I say something. He knows if you mean it when you say something. And what do you learn from the lesson of Saul, which is a, really something every Christian leader should know? You can play a game with yourself, a mind game. You can play a game in front of the people and try to impress the elders and the people and everything else.
but you can't hide the truth from God. The Word of God is living and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. Nothing in all creation is hidden. Everything is laid bare before Him to whom we must give an account. That's a warning for those in leadership. You can't play a game with God. When you have the Lord as your boss, don't think you could put one over. You put one over on your earthly boss, but you can't put one over on God. Samuel gives Saul what he wants. He turned back after Saul, and Saul worshipped the Lord. Then Samuel said, Bring Agag, king of the Amalekites, here to me. So Agag came to him cautiously, and Agag said, Surely the bitterness of death is past. I've gotten away with it. They're not going to kill me. I found favor with Saul, and he's going to let me live. And Samuel said, As your sword has made women childless. So you, you learn a little bit about the Amalekites. And we talked about last time in detail, why would God give such a decree to Saul, to the Israelites? This gives us some more background. Samuel knows how many innocents have been killed by the Amalekites. As your sword has made women childless, so shall your mother be childless among women. We value your comments. All correspondence should be mailed to Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle, Post Office Box 518, Branford, Connecticut 06405. Also, let me invite you to our Sunday service. Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle meets at 10 a.m. at the Madison Memorial Hall on Meeting House Lane in Madison, Connecticut. Please join us next time for Shi'ar Jeshub.